Well, the football season is over now for the Wellington Phoenix after the men's side were knocked out to 2-0 by Adelaide United um, at Hindmarsh Stadium on Friday night. That puts a bow on Ufuk Tale's tenure as the head coach. And just yesterday, the Phoenix also announced that uh, Academy Director, Technical Director Paul Temple would oversee the women's side going forward, taking over from Natalie Lawrence. So on the line with us this morning, Phoenix General Manager David Dome. David, uh, thank you very much uh, for your time this morning. Uh, you guys don't muck around when it comes to appointing coaching successes. You've done it twice very quickly. Yeah, morning, Smithy. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. We wanted to crack on. And, and the more time that these coaches have got to plan and get their support staff in, in place and, and work on recruitment of new players, the better. So we wanted to give them the best opportunity to get them in place ASAP. Right, that's great. Uh, tell us uh, about the appointment process to find the coach of uh, the, the women's side. You appointed basically within uh, with Giancarlo. You've pretty much done the same thing with Paul, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. So we had an end-of-season review with Matt, went through a, a, a debrief, then um, uh, talked to Nat about whether she wanted to carry on, um, and she said she wanted to go off in a different direction. So then we interviewed Paul, and we always had Paul on our radar, being our academy director, but also because it's very important for us as a club. We, we want to bring through not just players, but coaching and support staff throughout our academy program. We want to develop these coaches, develop these support staff, and as Chiefy was, was Chiefy's uh, to IT. Uh, Paul was in our system. He knows our setup. He knows the players in the academy. He'll be very, very important for our um, young women's team and developing those players and bringing them to pro, pro contracts. So it all worked very well. Paul interviewed uh, for the role, absolutely nailed it, got it spot on. Uh, the values, of course, are very aligned and had a very strong, very strong vision about how to take uh, the team forward and make sure they're playing finals uh, next season. We. Were you um, relatively happy with their performance this year or, or did you expect uh, improvement perhaps at a greater rate? Look, there were some very, very good performances, no doubt about that. 5-0 at home, a win against Canberra, and then a 1-0 away win against Sydney, who eventually won the whole thing. And an outstanding performance in the grand final against Western, where they beat them 5 now 4 0 um, so there was some very good performances, but overall not enough to get off the bottom and, and finish last. So we, as we went through the review, those questions were asked: how do we how do we make sure we're playing finals and we're not bottom of the table? Um, so we did certainly would we want to be playing finals every year, both teams. So that was the that's the objective, the objective every year, and we want to make sure that we're in that place. So there was certainly definitely some improvement, um, and we want to do that again when we go forward next year. Right, OK. In terms of um, Natalie Lawrence's tenure, what, um, what have you made of uh, how she's set the club up going forward? Oh, look, very, very well. Look, she's put us in some very solid processes. Uh, we've got very good um, players coming through, a lot of those at Natalie and Gemma before her. So we've had two very good female coaches in our first two years. And I honestly believe that both Gemma and Nat are the future of coaching in New Zealand uh, for female coaches and not just for coaching women's teams, but there's no reason why Gemma or Nat couldn't coach men's teams as they both have done in the past. So, look, we, we think there's a future. Uh, they just probably need both, like Gemma's up in Wales now doing a pro licence. Nat's doing some more coach education as well at the moment, which is excellent. So we're, we're, we're definitely keep an eye on those two as to you know, future potential around the club. Um, but, you know, no, I think Nat's done an excellent job in her, in her one year in charge as head coach. Uh, Paul has uh, straight away come out and said, look, the goal is to make the playoffs next year, which are uh, fairly lofty goals, uh, I think it's fair to say. But in terms of playing personnel, how active will you be in the recruitment market, if at all? 
No, no, very active. So as part of uh, Paul's interview, those questions were put on the table. What would you do? Who would you sign? Who would you not re-sign? If you could go get some import players from outside Australia, New Zealand, who would they be? What would they look like? And he was very solid in that, in that part of his interview process. So, you know, we'll be active. Um, he's now started on that. He's actually on his pro license at the moment this week in Christchurch with uh, OFC. But he'll start that process. He's already started talking to players. There are existing players he wants to keep. But uh, we're also going to go back to market and find players we believe can strengthen the squad to make sure we are playing finals before. And the thing is with women's team is that a few key positions can take you, can, can take you a long way in, in ALEW. And uh, we're, we're not going to, I'm wondering, we're going to have a decent look at it. Right, OK, let's uh, get to the men's side of things. And uh, whilst it was uh, the end of the season, not the way you, you wanted it to be, what it effectively means too, it's uh, goodbye to Ufuk Talay, who's uh, decided to step away as the men's coach. You've already gone uh, very quickly with Chiefy, as you say. Um, when you look back at Ufuk's uh, tenure, how will it be regarded from uh, the Phoenix point of view? I think Ufi did a magnificent job. It's a very trying circumstance. You've got to remember that two and a half of the seasons were COVID and uh, you know, impacted. Uh, I don't know. His first year in charge, we were flying high. We were, you know, we were a top four team for most of it. In fact, we ended up fourth. And um, yeah, we could have easily gone on to the finals. And unfortunately, a fourth place position would have been a home semi for the way to Phoenix. And we ended up playing that in Sydney because of COVID. Just it was devastating. And, you know, we were in such good form and just couldn't push on. And then a couple of uh, the last season. We, uh, we just pipped out in the first semi-final. We lost Bundle to Western United, uh, who eventually went on to win the whole thing. Could have easily gone another way, and they ended up, you know, uh, convincingly beating most teams in the finals, and we only lost one nil to them. Just, you know, really unfortunate that his time was impacted so badly by COVID, but he's, he's, he's done a magnificent job with the players that he's got. He'll, he'll, he, he, the other thing for me, Smith, he, he was just, he acted with integrity the whole way through. He was always open and honest. He was one of these coaches that gave 100%. He was, he was passionate about the club and doing the right thing. And, that's, you know, in terms of a head coach, that's all you can ask for. Someone's got to act with integrity and honesty the whole time and give you 100%. And he's done that the whole way through. David, you, you're uh, talking about the characteristics of a bloke that might have made a very good uh, um, uh, all-whites coach then, aren't you? Well, I, I honestly believe that that would have been fantastic for the all-whites. I think he would have... You know, when, we were, when I was talking to Ufi about it, he would have brought a real intensity to that role. A lot of experience, you know, in terms of what he's done, both within Australia and New Zealand, and, and his experience. He, he was heavily involved in the um, in the Australian national setup as well, so he does have that experience with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, those calls were outside our, our pay grade. That was made by other people, but I honestly think that was a missed chance. But it is what it is, and Ufi's moved on, and he's, he's got other opportunities on the table, and Oh, we wish him all the best. Yeah, absolutely we do. Uh, also, of course, uh, you lose a couple of senior players um, with the uh, culmination of the season. So uh, the likes of uh, Ollie Sale, Clayton Lewis heading uh, overseas. Have you got um, any opportunity to, to look at replacements for those key players? Yeah, so Chibi uh, Giancarlo is already on to that. Obviously, those were we've made... Those decisions have been made uh, in the last probably six weeks that we were, we were across that and what we were going to do going forward. And, and again, as part of Chiefy's interview process, he went through how we'd replace those players and what his thinking and strategy is on that. So we're pretty comfortable where he's going. Uh, but now he's got the job and, like I said, the season's just come to an end. But he's, he can now factor that into all his pre-season planning and we can get on with it and 
start talking to players and he can start um, agents onto recruitment into other positions as well. So, yeah, look, they're, they're, they're certainly in terms of in terms of previous seasons, he's pretty well advanced in that space. And um, yeah, look, I'm I'm sure that he'll do his due diligence. In fact, if you look at Chiefy was really Ufi's right hand man when it came to recruitment, and, and Ufi's got a very very good track record in selecting players. And if you look at the players he's brought into the club, like Julie Devia over the years and Oscar Zavada this year. I mean, he's got, you know, his, his experience is pretty good in there. The selection of those players put in front of Ufi. So that's one of the things that was in, in Giancarlo's favour was the fact that he was very good, very strong in that position and we, we retained that with um, him going forward. Is he strong enough then to uh, guarantee that um, your leading goal scorer, Oscar Zavada, may well be interested in perhaps coming back? Yeah, so Oscar's got another year next year, and and that was a factor certainly for me when we went through the process. Was I mean Oscar's our jewel in our crown. He's a the leading goal scorer, and he's a quality player. And uh, the, the risk of the change in your manager is that you know can you can the second manager coming in get the same out of that player that the previous one did? And of course, Chiefs worked with Oscar the whole way through, and there's a there's a respect there and a mutual trust there, and it certainly lessened the risk of uh, Oscar. Uh, with Chiefy coming through. So Oscar's got one more year, and we'd, we'd definitely be keen on signing Oscar for more years if we can get him to stay, and we'll have those conversations with him. And I think with Chiefy now being given the role, that makes it potentially just that little bit easier. Yeah, last uh, week the Phoenix did hold their uh, annual awards, and uh, Michaela Foster, what uh, terrific ground she's made up. I mean, she looks a very powerful uh, left, uh, left back for me. She's an incredibly strong left foot. Uh, what a season for her, and uh, hopefully World Cup uh, status for her very shortly. What, what a player! Just to come out of uh, you can't you can't really say she's come out of nowhere. She's just been in the United States studying, which is you know fantastic for her as a player. And then Nat found her and brought her back in. But the, Mickey's that one, a, that quite unique player. She actually can kick off both feet. She doesn't have a, a stronger or a weaker foot. She's both left and right footed, which is hugely you know unique in, in our code. Um, and, and she's just, and besides that, she's just a very, very good player. So give her a couple, you know, she's only young, she's in her mid-20s, give her another year and, and as a full-time pro, another couple of years, and she's just going to go from strength to strength. And like you say, drop into the ferns, hope the post World Cup, get some more experience, and just keep an eye on her in the next couple of years. She's going to be, uh, uh, she's already a very, very good player, but I'm, I'm really excited to see where she gets to. Yeah, I am too. Actually, I was very impressed with uh, her uh, latter part of the season. Uh, David, interesting last night, uh, Sydney FC knocking over Western Sydney, which might have been a bit of a surprise to some people, but there was a lot of emotion uh, in a Sydney derby, which uh, leads me to uh, the next question is, uh, how keen are you to see an Auckland side in here so we can have a New Zealand derby? Yeah, so that's been bandied about. Uh, Look, we're... um I don't want to say agnostic, but we're certainly, you know, we're not going to stand in the way of an Auckland franchise. I think it'd be good for football in this country. It would be a challenge for us in terms of the commercials. Obviously, we have games at Eden Park every year, and we'd have to reevaluate those whether those still work for us. Um, and most of our commercial partners are Auckland based, so it would certainly impact on that. But we're up for the challenge. And like you say, you know, a Wellington and Auckland derby would be fantastic for football in, in terms of driving, um, you know, interest in the game. Uh, so look, we're open to it, and the, the issue, of course, is you've got to find somebody who's got a financially back it, and it's not insignificant. The dollars, you know, they're talking 25 million Australian just to buy in, and then I would suggest for anywhere between 
one to two to five million in the first year to set it all up, and then probably one to two million thereafter for at least another five, six years. So, you know, you're looking at around 30, 40 million someone's got to find to be competitive in this league, um, and it's not small. It's not small change. And if we know that those money's not available, it's not hugely uh, available in this country, so you have to find an international backer. I think there are some locals, but they need to find the right time with the deep pockets from overseas. I'd suggest to really bankroll it. But, yeah, like I say, great for football in the country. And uh, you personally, David, uh, what's uh, you've mentioned recruitment and that sort of thing as being high on the agenda, but uh, what does uh, the general manager of uh, the Phoenix do now that we've put a full stop on this season as such? What, what's next? Well, we're straight into pre-season planning now, so we go from this into working now. We've got, a, we've got a lot of activity we want to do in the off-season. There's also the Women's World Cup coming up in July and August. We want to be, make sure we're across that and how we can utilise that to, to push more uh, players through our women's program now and, and pick up some more players and hopefully go to the next strength in the women's program. Um, and obviously get recruitment underway. And we're looking at our academy. We're constantly looking at the academy. How can we grow that out? Academies are, you know, incredibly successful, but there are some really, some really amazing talents in that academy. Not only in players, but in coaching and support staff. And we'll look at how we can build that out, and how we can, you know, change and morph the academy. Be not just a football academy, but can we turn it into an education academy as well? Where, when we already have an AUT diploma slash degree in the academies, we've got, we've got about uh, 14, 15 young people doing an AUT degree um, in our academy at the moment. Like, how big can we make that go? Can we have 20 kids on that, 30 kids on that? We turn an education product. We have um, uh, like a secondary school running through our academy doing football at the same time. So mm. lots of ideas, lots of plans. It's, it's, it's hard to, you've got to nail it all down and that takes a lot of work and that's what the, um, the off-season, once you're in season, it's more difficult, but that's what we do in the off-season. And, and then we've got, of course, memberships and ticketing all going to be set up. We've got to find grounds for next year. We've got to find grounds for women's team next year. I mean, it never stops the city. It's a, it's a, constant, it's a constant battle, that's for sure. It's a constant battle, all right. Uh, actually, just let, I just uh, raised um, my eyebrow a wee bit there because uh, I know budgets are a big thing and you're constrained by that kind of thing and availability of talent from overseas, etc. But it's a, it's a nice uh, little scouting pad, a World Cup, isn't it, for um, there'll be some very oh. talented players floating around the world that come here who have never been heard of, who are young, who are looking for an opportunity to play in a league like the A-League, etc. It just opens up the door on all possibilities when they're bringing them to you on a plate, David. Well, I, I, I think you might have actually been sitting in on Paul Temple's interview there, because that's certainly one thing that he said. You've got all these countries here, um, all these players floating around. If you like the look of one, just to shoulder tap them and say, have you ever thought about playing a season in Australia, New Zealand? And in fact, Smithy, it's the... Uh, Sweden are staying at NDTIS, our, our high-performance unit up in, um, in, in Trentham there. They're actually staying on site. So if you come in there and the, they've got some five-star accommodation uh, that they have on site there, if you stay in that facility and say, oh, look, if you like this facility because it's world-class, undeniably it's a world-class facility, and if you attract some, you know, just to have a, a shovel tap on some of those players, like, would you like to live here for you know, six, seven months a year, play in the... Um, uh, A-League W in Australia, New Zealand, then you can train here. It's not a bad opportunity. I like it. I like the concept. Um, and I would imagine uh, you'll be taking a, a lot of interest in that World Cup coming up, which is, man, not too far away. David, always great to catch up and hear your views on how things are tracking. 
Uh, congratulations uh, on the appointment of those two coaches very quickly. I'd love to see that, to give them that opportunity as you uh, outlined. Cheers, man. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Thanks, Maybe. Appreciate it.